You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. If you want to know more about your destiny, if you want to know your destiny better, the first step that you have to take is get to know Jesus better. Amen? Family, the only thing that pleases God is faith. Turn to the person next to you and say, only faith pleases God. Tell them again, say, only faith pleases God. Only faith pleases God. Faith sees the invisible. Faith believes the impossible. And faith receives the incredible. Faith is the only thing that pleases God. Many of you sit here and you have a promise from God. God has given you a promise. A matter of fact, the Word of God teaches us that God wants to lead you onto your high hill. Wants to take you to high places. In the book of Habakkuk chapter 3, it says, The Lord makes my feet like that of a deer. Then he leads me onto my high hill. The problem is today, many people are climbing the wrong hill instead of the hill that the Lord has predestined for them. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't compare yourself to others. Say it again. Say, don't compare yourself to others. Amen? Faith demands a heart that's free. Listen to me. Faith demands a heart that's free. Why do we sit with a generation, a faithless generation? Because their hearts are not free. You carry grudges in your heart, unforgiveness in your heart, revenge in your heart, and these things are pulling down your spiritual life. And when it's your time to act faith, you cannot act faith. Because all these other things are occupying your heart. The Bible teaches us that faith works through love. So why are people's faith weak? Because their love is weak. Very quiet now. Do you want strong faith? Focus on your love. If you want strong faith, focus upon your love. Faith demands a heart that is free. If you hold on from things from the past, wrongs from the past, it will keep you from moving into the true destiny that God has got for you. Turn to the person next to you and ask them, are you holding on to a promise? Ask them again, say, are you holding on to a promise? The very thing that kept Israel out of the promised land was not the things going on on the outside, but the things going on in inside. Their hearts were not free. 
Turn to the person next to you, say, you need a free heart. Tell them again, say, you need a free heart. So the things that were keeping them back were the things on the outside, not on the inside. Hebrews 3, verse 16. Turn with me in your Bibles. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? What is he saying? He says, all of these that saw the ten miracles, they came with Moses. Are they not the ones who rebelled? You know what that means? You can see miracles and still not believe God. You can see miracles and still not believe God. Verse 17. Now with whom was he angry 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? Turn to the person next to you and say, trust and obey. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Why did they not enter into the promised land? Because of unbelief. Because their hearts were contaminated. Their hearts were not free. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, guard your heart. Family, listen to me. All of Israel, a type of the church, knew the promises. They had seen the promises. They had confessed the promises. But they did not possess the promised land because of unbelief. There were things contaminating their heart. What are the things contaminating your heart, hindering you from entering into the promised land, possessing the promises that God has predestined for you? Family, listen to me. Fearless confession comes from a heart ruled by God's word. Hebrews 4 verse 1, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. What does it mean? You can hear the word, but you have to mix it with faith. You have to believe it. And if you don't do it, it will not profit you at all. Turn to the person next to you and say, believe God's word. Family, when you believe God's word, your heart will be at peace. When you believe the word of God, your heart will be at peace. I'm not talking about a faith that comes by force. I'm talking about something that's natural. Because you believe God, therefore you speak. You believe God, therefore you act. Today, people believe more reports that they read outside, things that they see outside, than what they believe the Word of God. Just because you've been waiting for a long time doesn't mean that God is not going to do it. Turn to the person next to you and say, hold on to your promise. Tell them again, say, hold on to your promise. 
Faith demands a heart that is free, a heart that does not murmur and complain. Why did they not enter into their promise? Because they were murmuring and complaining. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm going to stop murmuring and complaining. Everybody desires to climb the mountain of success. Everybody wants to go up the hill of breakthrough. Go up the ladder of healing, of breakthrough, of deliverance. But who of you are prepared to pay the price? True, authentic faith works through love. True, authentic faith works through love. Your heart must be free. I want to show you something in the Word of God that your attitude towards your promise is very important. This is the year of decisions. Have you made a decision that you're going to finish strong this year? Have you made that decision the last two months? Wonderful. Turn with me in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 14. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have to finish strong. Tell them again, say, you have to finish strong. I'm reading from verse 6, Joshua chapter 14, verse 6. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal and Caleb, the son of Jephunim, the Kenazite, said to him, you know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me and Kadesh Barnea. Turn to the person next to you and say, remember the word that the Lord has spoken to you. You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me and Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old. When Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because... You have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old, as yet I'm as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war." both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. Family, here we have a man that had to wait 45 years for the promise. He came to Joshua and he said, Joshua, do you remember the word that the Lord spoke 45 years ago when he said, this is your land, this is your promise? 
said, as I believed it 45 years ago, I believe it now. When God made the promise then, I believed him, and I still believe it. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's time to believe in God's promises. Tell them again, say, it's time to believe in God's promises. Faith acts now. Faith believes now. Faith receives now. Faith comes through hearing the word of God. He said, do you remember the word that was given to me by the man of God? When the Lord said he's going to give us this land, my inheritance, I believe it now as I believed it 45 years ago. Have you been holding on to a promise for a long time? Turn to the person next to you and say, believe in your promises again. Ask them, say, do you have a promise from God? Joshua said, Caleb said, what happened was I went into the promised land. God allowed us to walk there. He said, but what happened was, he says, there were 10 people that made the hearts of the people melt when they looked at the giants, when they looked at the high walls. What giants have you been facing that's caused your heart to melt? Who have you been listening to that's caused you to doubt the promises of God? Joshua said, I believed in my heart what God said. And when I came back, I told the people, we can do it. He said, but there were 10 that made the hearts of the people melt. What has been going on around you? What have you been facing? What has been coming against you that's made you doubt the promises of God? Turn to the person next to you and say, never doubt the promises of God. Family, they all heard the promise. They all saw the promised land. They all came out of Egypt with Moses. They knew God could do wonders, miracles. But when the ten came, they melted the people's hearts. The majority influenced the people. It's not about the majority, but God's authority. Turn to the person next to you, say, trust in God's authority. Not the report of the majority. They looked at these giants, and they said they are big. They are too strong for us. There's too many of us. A matter of fact, we look like grasshoppers. They're going to crunch us. They're going to destroy us. It maybe sounded something like this. Let's be realistic. We find ourselves in tough times right now. Let's be realistic. There's a recession. Turn to the person next to you and say, what giants have you been facing? I'm preaching this message to you because in the promised land or the promises that God has prepared for you, that He's promised for you, you're going to have to face some giants. There's some high walls there. And the thing that will determine whether you go in and possess your promise is not the things going on at the outside. 
It's not the size of the giants. It's not how high the walls are. It's what you believe in your heart. Turn to the person next to you say, believe God's promises. Joshua, believe God's promises that were spoken by the man of God. That there's a promised land. There's good things that God has planned for you. Turn to the person next to you say, believe in God's promises. Family, if you go read Joshua 3 verse 10, you'll see that Joshua and Caleb believed that they had a friend in the Holy Spirit who would dispose of the giants. He said, God is faithful. God will do it. He'll be the one that will go before you and fight for you. David was a giant slayer, not because he was brave or thought he was great, but he had a friend in the Holy Spirit that disposed of giants. That's why when he sinned, the first prayer that he prayed was, Lord, do not let your spirit depart from me, because he knew he wouldn't be able to slay giants if the Holy Spirit was not helping him. What did Caleb said? He said, perhaps the Lord would be with me and I'll have the victory. Never doubt that God is with you. Caleb knew he had a friend in the Holy Spirit. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have a friend in the Holy Spirit. Tell them again, say you have a friend in the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. He said he followed God with all his heart. On your way to the promised land, be very careful of well-intentioned people. Be very careful of well-intentioned people giving you advice from a natural point of view. But remember, the giants are big. Remember, the walls are high. Family, when you are born again, the Bible teaches us you've become a royal priesthood. When we look at the book of Exodus, the sons of the high priest were consecrated to the Lord. That word consecrate in Exodus 28, 41, you can go look at it. That word consecrate is the same word for holy. Holy serve the Lord. When you consecrate something, you, you dedicate it. That's something unto something. If something is consecrated, you dedicate it into something. Caleb was dedicated in serving the Lord wholeheartedly. Holy served the Lord. Didn't doubt he believed the promises of God. When we look at Scripture, we can see that the ten were not 100% committed to God. Do you know of some people that are not fully committed even when they serve the Lord, they serve the Lord half-heartedly. They, they serve the Lord when it's convenient. 
When it's not convenient, they don't come. When it terrifies them, when it's difficult, they don't want to serve the Lord. Those who had that mindset gave a bad report and melted the hearts of the people. Israel is a type of the church that they could not enter into the promise. The Bible says it's because of unbelief. They had the word, but they didn't mix it with faith. They didn't believe it, so it didn't profit them. Turn to the person next to you and say, believe the promises of God. Tell them it's time to believe the promises of God again. He said, 45 years ago, a promise was given to me. And in the same way I believed it 45 years ago, I believe it now. I've not changed my mind about God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The promise that He has given me, I'm ready to possess it now. He says, I'm as strong today as I was 45 years ago. Can you see that attitude? The word that the Lord gave me, I believed it. He didn't allow anything to influence him. Remember, the Bible calls this an evil congregation. This evil congregation that murmured and complained, they'll remain in the desert for 40 years. And all of them died there, but the promise was made to Joshua and Caleb and his generations to come thereafter that they would inherit the promised land, go into it. Wow. The attitude of this man was something else. Turn to the person next to you and say, faith has an attitude. Joshua said, I'm not going to serve the Lord when it's convenient. A matter of fact, Joshua and Caleb was in the wilderness for 40 years because 10 of their brothers made the hearts of the people melt. How did Joshua do it? How did he continue to serve the Lord wholeheartedly? He kept his heart in Canaan. He kept his heart where the promise was, not in the wilderness, and enjoyed the blessing of the Lord. After 45 years, he said at the age of 85, give me my mountain. At 85, most people are retired. Don't want something difficult. At 85, Joshua said, I remember the sons of Anak. I remember when we walked there, you 10, how you looked at the size of them and fear gripped your heart that you melted a whole nation's hearts. I remember it. I remember those giants that made you doubt the word of God. I remember those high walls that made you confess that God is not faithful, that God cannot help us. I say, I remember those giants. I remember those high walls. He says, give me my mountain. He says, those high places that make the people of God doubt, I'm ready to occupy those high places. There was a clear contrast between those brothers who made the people's hearts fear and those that said, we can kill these giants. Turn to the person next to you say, faith has an attitude. There's a clear contrast. Faith has an attitude. 
These 10 didn't serve God with everything. They compromised. They served the Lord half-heartedly. Couldn't commit. Served God when it was easy, when it was convenient. And God saw it. If you want your promise and you want to maintain it, make a decision to serve the Lord wholeheartedly. Amen? Can you imagine? At 85. He says, the same way that I believed 45 years ago, I believe in exactly the same way. Nothing condemns my heart. And if anything wants to condemn my heart, I know God is greater than my heart. 1 John 3, verse 19 to 20. The Israelites believed the majority, and they didn't enter into the promised land. But Joshua and Caleb believed in God's authority. You know, Joshua, we know, when Moses went into God's presence, the cloud, we don't know that the Bible teaches us that Joshua remained in God's presence. So God changed him and empowered him in his presence. So when you're in God's presence, you'll get a vision, you'll be empowered. And he was the one who followed up after Moses. But the Lord had to speak to him and say, my servant Moses is dead. You don't have to live in his shadow anymore. I've called you now. Every place where you put your feet, I've given it to you. Meditate in my word day and night, and your ways will become successful. Let the word of God rule your heart because a bold, faithful confession comes from a heart ruled by God's word. There's no place for compromise. But when you allow grudges and unforgiveness and resentment and hatred to come into your heart, it will pull down your spiritual life. It was unbelief that kept them out. The murmuring and the complaining. The majority would die in the wilderness. Joshua and Caleb was there with them. Have to hear the whole time how they complained about Moses, the man of God that they loved. You've brought us into the wilderness so that we should die here because there's not enough graves in Egypt. They're on their way to the promised land. They're out of bondage. Now they complain about meat. They were alive. They're on their way to the promised land. Huh. Where's the meat? You have food. You're on your way to the promised land. Many people would love that. Where's the meat? Hello. <laughs> and the devil makes you lose focus on where you are going, where God is taking you. Because in your heart, there's grudges, there's offense, there's unforgiveness. And those things rule your heart. Moses in the beginning said, I'm not going to the promised land, Lord, unless your presence has gone before me. Why? Because a fire goes before us and burn up our enemies round and about. The Lord said, I will fight for you. So Moses said, I'm not going if you're not going before us. They knew it. 
Joshua 3 verse 10, he said, I'll go before you. I'll fight for you. I'll remove the inhabitants. The Lord knew the giants were there. He knew the high walls were there. Why do you think he told them keep quiet when they face the high walls? Because somebody would start saying, oh, look how high the walls are. Do you really think, do you really think God's going to do it? He said in seven days, don't you think we should fast for 21 days? Daniel fasted for 21 days. He said, keep quiet. Don't say anything. Because if you say anything now, you might be murmuring, start murmuring again, start complaining again. Joshua said, I've waited 45 years. 45 years. He said, I'm 85 now. Those giants that made you doubt, those high walls that made you say, God is not faithful. Give me my mountain. I'm going up to that high place. And he said, if maybe the Lord is with me, I will have the victory. You have to ask yourself, is the Lord with you? Turn to the person next to you, say, he's with you. Say, whether you like it or not, Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Family, when it comes to God's promises, it's based upon God's word. This word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If the promise that you are holding on is not based on God's word, it will not stand. It must be based upon God's word. Then you have something to hold on to. Caleb said, Joshua, do you remember what the Lord told us through our servant Moses? I want it. Remind God of his promises once again. Turn to the person next to you say, remind God of his promises. Go to Deuteronomy 1. Let me show you something quickly. Deuteronomy 1 verse 26. Nevertheless, you would not go up, but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God, and you complained in your tents. These tens' lives were marked by compromise, rebellion, unbelief, inconsistency. Don't just serve Jesus on a Sunday. Serve him Monday to Sunday. Mr. Good Place to say amen, family. You said because the Lord hates us, he brought us out of the land of Egypt. It's because he loved you that he brought you out of Egypt. But when your heart is full of offense and bitterness and unbelief, even that which the Lord is doing in your life that is good, you'll be complaining about it. Faith has an attitude, unbelief has an attitude. He has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. We can we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying the people are greater and taller than we. The cities are greater and fortified up to heaven. Moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakim. Those are the giants. Then I said to you, do not be terrified or afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you, he will fight for you according to all he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. 
Numbers 14, 24 says, but my servant, Caleb, who has a different spirit, a different attitude, a different heart, in his heart, he serves me with everything. He allows the word of God to dominate his heart. When I say go up against the giants, he said, let's go up immediately. Faith acts now. Faith believes now. Faith receives now. Family, listen to me. When a man of God gives you a word and you know it's from God, believe it and hold on to it. When we were building this church, the original plans was 24 meters. It was up to here. A man of God said to me, do you believe God has spoken to you that you must build the church? I said, yes. He said, if you believe that, you can go bigger. God will back you. I said, thank you, sir. I called the architect in my car. I said, listen here, it's 24 meters is what you've told me is the span. What do you think is the maximum we can go? He said, 35. I said, adjust the plans to 35. Today, it's 35 meters. Just when a word was spoken, to take it to heart and to believe. When the Lord said, go into the promised land. Go see it's a land of milk and honey. Go see the goodness. Ten, because they did not serve God wholeheartedly. It cost them their promise. Many people's dreams, many people's promises are destroyed upon the rocks of disobedience. You know what's the good news? You can still act faith today. You can still act faith today. Don't be presumptuous. Don't have confidence in yourself. Self-confidence is acting apart from God. But true faith is acting upon the Word of God. When God said you can do it, do it. You know what Joshua said at 85? He said, that thing which is most difficult. He didn't take the easy path. Most people at 85 would say, where's the nearest retirement village to the church? I still want to come pray, but just want to take it easy. At 85, he said, don't make it easy for me. Give me the highest hill with the highest walls with the biggest giants. I'm going there and I'm possessing the land. You know what he was saying? He was saying, there where there's xenophobia, where there's resentment, where there's prejudice, put me there. Murmuring here. He was saying there where people were saying there's a recession, there's no business opportunities, there's no money, it's difficult. He says, give me it there. Family, listen to me. In the promised land, there's giants. In the promised land, there's high walls. What do you believe about what God has said to you will determine whether you'll possess it or not. Where people don't say, we don't want to work together, where there's so much friction. I mean, you cannot even make one comment today, one culture on another, then you're up and tight. Why? Because your heart is not free. You have unforgiveness, offense, resentment, hatred towards your brother, but you're saying you love God and you want your promise to manifest. Wake up. Get born again. Get saved. Yes, 
God will stir this thing in my heart because it's nonsense. You cannot say you love God, but you hate your brother. You cannot say you want to do something for the kingdom of God, but you're pulling your brother down the whole time. That's the giant. That's the high wall. That's the high hill. And God has placed us here to climb that high hill, to possess the land and to show a more excellent way. If you say you're a Christian and you want to serve God with all your heart, and you say you love the Lord with all your heart, with all your strength, with your whole soul, with your whole being, wonderful, then love your neighbor in the same way. And your neighbor can be anybody. The thing keeping you back is what you believe. You say you have faith, but your faith has been contaminated by hatred, by bitterness, by offense. Faith works through love. Why does God say love your enemy? Why does he say love your enemy? Because he wants you to love your enemy in such a way that your enemy would become your friend. I thank God for what he's placed on the inside of me. This is what God has called me for, to help the church possess the promise. But we're going to have to believe the word of God more than we believe situation and circumstances. You're going to have to believe the word of God more than the people that have wronged you in the past. God is determined and planned for us to be here. If you look at the promised land, every area where every tribe would be was allotted before the time. Manasseh would be here. Zebulun would be here. Judah would be here. God decided those things. Not you, God. Because he knew what was the best for you. Joshua said there was a whole generation that didn't believe. Caleb said, I've believed the word of God for 45 years. And I'm not going to let anything now sway me or move me in another direction. He said, except Caleb had a different spirit. Just made the decision in his heart. Deuteronomy 1 verse 36, he said he made the decision in his heart to serve me with everything. Make a decision to serve the Lord with everything. Fall in love with God all over again. If you're in love with Jesus and you love God with everything, you'll be able to love your neighbor. But the truth is, when you say, this one is like this, this one is like this, this one is like this, all that you are doing, you're confessing your weakness. That the love that you have for God is not there anymore. That's why you're behaving like that towards your brother. Now it's very quiet. That's the truth. That's why your faith is not working through love. And I thank God for giving me the boldness and the confidence to say it like it is. We want to say with the house of God that worship God in spirit and in truth. My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. For all nations to pray together, they have to love each other the way that they love God. Get back to a place to love your brother as you love yourself. It's easy to love your brother when you fall in love with Jesus again.
He said, these 10 kept all of Israel out of the promised land because they lived a life of compromise. They didn't wholly serve the Lord. They didn't consecrate their lives unto the Lord. How will you maintain your promise? If you receive it by faith, you have to maintain it by faith. This is Joshua 14. You can go to Joshua 24. Don't go there. I'm just giving it to you. It's not part of the sermon. I'm giving it to you. This is for free. Joshua and Joshua 24, he said to the people, listen here. I was there when the 10 of you didn't serve God with everything. And it cost us to go into the promised land. He says, now we're in the promised land. Those didn't serve God with everything. They compromised. They caused us a hindrance to enter into the promised land. He says, now you're in the promised land. I've made a decision. As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. You guys are compromising again. You're allowing other things in your life again. It's going to cost you your promise. He said, no, 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 we're going to serve God. He says, I know the other idols and the things that you've allowed into your life. He says, get it out. He says, you can do what you want to. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord now. As people staying in South Africa, stop compromising. You're not reading the word of God, but you want God to do something in your life. You rely more on what a prophet will say to you than what the word of God is saying to you. When you look for a word, you don't read the word of God, you go to a man to give you a word. How will that man help you to maintain it? Is that man the same yesterday, today, and forever? So you cannot put your trust more in man than in God. The Bible says, cursed is the man who puts his trust in man. But you want to get out of your situation. You need the word of God to make this the standard for your life. Joshua said, I'm in the promised land. It cost me the previous time I had to live 40 years with you in the wilderness, complaining and murmuring. But I kept my heart in Canaan. He says, now I'm in Canaan. I want to tell you, you can decide what you want to do. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're making a commitment to serve God and to put God first. Because if I put God first, I'll be able to maintain the blessing and the promises that God has given me. And I'm not prepared to compromise on that in any way. The next day, the Israelites were shocked. They said, you mean we're not going into the promised land? We want to go into the promised land. Moses said, sorry. The Bible says presumptuously. They presumed that now we'll go up the hill. Moses said, sorry, I'm staying here. God has spoken. I'm staying in the camp, and God's presence is staying in the camp. If you go now, you're going to get killed. They were acting in self-confidence. Self-confidence is acting apart from the word of God. The psalmist said, Lord, protect me, keep me from presumptuous sin. Thinking you can just do something. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Don't think you can just do what you want to. Let me tell you something. Not everybody at 85 can say, give me my mountain. You need the Spirit of the Lord to help you to say, give me my mountain. It's a man who serves God wholeheartedly. 
when most people at 45 wouldn't want to say, give me my mountain. Caleb at 85 said, give me my mountain. At 85, I'm as strong as I was 45 years ago because the Lord is my strength. The good news is you can act faith today. Turn to the person next to you and say you can act faith today. Family, make a decision this morning and say, I'm going to believe God's promises. Wholeheartedly, I'm going to commit to God once again and say, Lord, you promised me this and this and this. You spoke this by the man of God here and here, the word of God, the promises of God, and I'm holding on to it. I'm not going to let anything sway me. The giants are not going to cause me to change my confession. The high heels are not going to make me say anything different. I'm going to believe the word of God. Joshua said, I saw. And Caleb said, I saw all those things. But the report I gave to the people was what I believed about my God. Not the things that I saw with my eyes. Joshua and Caleb were the ones who possessed the promise. Family, we be well able. We be well able. The lesson in this, it's not man's majority, but God's authority. When we started with this project, the Lord said to me, whether by many or by few, I'm going to do it. And we hold on to that word of God. That means God can use everybody or God can use a few, as long as God gets the glory. Say, Lord, this is the promise that you've given. We're going to build this church, and we're going to finish this church. Amen? Amen. Turn to the person next to you. Say you have a promise to possess. Just because there's been a delay does not mean God is unfaithful. Let me close with this. Joshua 14, 15. We thank God for Joshua's that kills the giants in our life. Amen? Well, let me read from verse 14. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the sons of Jehephunneh, the Kenizzite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And the name of Hebron formerly was Kirja Arba. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. The land had rest from war. Hebron means fellowship. When you act faith, it brings you into a place of fellowship with the Lord. When you have fellowship with the Lord, that's the greatest reward. That brings rest and peace in your life. He went and he killed the biggest of the biggest of the biggest of giants. Went to the city with the highest of the highest of walls on the highest hill. And he possessed that as a testimony to show that God is faithful. That which the Lord promised me 45 years ago, I've believed for all these 45 years. And now he has given it to me. He has gone with me and at 85, he has given me the victory. To believe God's promises. Faith. Faith is just saying yes to God's promises. Faith is saying yes to God's word. Yes to what he has promised you. That's faith. That's it. 
whether by many or by few, he said, I'm going to do it. Your promise that you have, don't wait for the person on the outside to come to bring the promise. Change on the inside. Make a decision, whatever is in your heart that's caused you to compromise, to be committed, to be dedicated, remove it from your heart. And make a decision to wholly serve the Lord from today. That is the key. I hope this message has lifted your faith and encouraged you to run for God like never before. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.